Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hello, welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Becky. I'm Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Great start. (laughs) I was thinking about something else. I was thinking about, we finally had a suggestion on what to call our listeners. What was it? And now I can't remember what it was. Oh, man. Was it on Instagram? Box breakers? Box breakers. Ooh, I like that. Box breakers. And I forgot to like comment on it and come back to it because work was crazy last week. We should do like a Instagram video of a cardboard box like the karate people do and they chop a board in half. Yes. Or chopping a a cement block. Yeah. uh, yeah. A box. But we're chopping a light cardboard box in half and crushing it. Well, that is not only (laughs) the best option we've gotten so far, but it's the only option we've gotten so far. So it's so far the winner. You can't win if you don't play. If you don't like it. Let us know. Box breakers. Hey. Well, welcome to our first episode in our series all about I've Got Issues. So today we're talking about seeking help, especially from people who are not biased. They can look at us objectively, listen to our situation. So we're going to talk about therapy today. Before we do that, we are going to ask our question, what's on the rise for you this week, Ash? This week, uh... This week, we are, <laughs> yeah, wow. It is 2021. What even the week is April. it? Where are we? What's happening? <laughs> you just finished Easter. That was I a lot. I did just finish Easter. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was a struggle. Whew, church work in the Easter world. What? Easter work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So okay. This is so great. I, on the rise for me, I have been skipping the gym lately, and mm. it's because of Easter, it's because of work, and, but also, like, this week, it was more because I planned my schedule poorly Mm. and so I've been skipping the gym in not a good way like a I didn't make time for it kind of way so that's what's been on the rise for me this week so hopefully next week not true good good example of the importance of scheduling Mm -hmm. if it's a priority put it in your calendar planning ahead yes plan ahead Mm -hmm. yeah you're like I know all these things how did this happen (laughs) exactly (laughs) how about you what's been on the rise for me this week has been saying yes I said yes to about anything that got asked of me. And then today it all hit me. And I was like, oh my gosh, Becky, you need to stop this. <laughs> I it, This morning I woke up and I'd committed to a few things and we're getting ready for some stuff this weekend. And I was supposed to take a vacation day. However, there had more work to finish. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I said yes to calling into this high school class and being on a panel about leadership. <laughs> I totally forgot. It, so today was just one of those days. It was good yeah. and everything was good. However, my goal next week is to be very essential and very focused and say no to things that are not essential next week. That makes sense. That's my goal. This is me verbally committing to that. Okay. We have both <laughs> verbally committed to do better next week. Yes. Do better, try yes. harder. <laughs> that's, that's the theme. We both need to improve next week <laughs> with our lives in general. Yes. Let's talk about how we can help improve around our issues. What a wonderful segue. What a great segue. So talk to us, Ash. And I'll, I'll preface this. I do not have a lot of experience in this space. However, I have a lot of relationships that either 
do go to therapy or people who have big stigmas around why they shouldn't go to therapy, which is one of the reasons I'm really excited for this episode. Ash has a lot of experience and because <laughs> I got a lot of issues. <laughs> no, I do too. Uh, but she's going to tell us about her personal experience, but then also just the education around therapy, the benefits and, and what it really means and breaking some of those stigmas that people have around it. Yeah. And like we said, we want this to be relevant to you whether you go to therapy already or not. So I think we can all be part of this conversation and changing the stigmas. If you already do go to therapy, this episode is still for you because it can help you understand what the obstacles are for other people and what other people's experiences have been. And we'll talk about how to know if it's working if you are going to therapy. Great question. So just saying. Okay, so when we talk about therapy, there's one key thing you need to know. After I say this, you can turn it off if you want. Ready? You are not alone. That's the key. Okay. It's been fun hanging out with you. Anybody (laughs) anybody have any questions? No. So 40.2 million adults in the U.S. received some form of mental health treatment in 2019. That is 19.2% of the population. 15.8% of the population took medication for their mental health in 2019. And 9.5% of the U.S. population in 2019, like this is not over time, this is in the year of 2019, 9.5, almost 10% of the U.S. population received therapy or counseling from a mental health professional in 2019. I was a little confused when I first read those stats uh, that I got from the Barna Group that because it says 19.2% received some form of mental health treatment, that could be from their doctor. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where the kind of the difference is between the 19% and the 9%. So as of 2018, four in 10, also known as 40%, because I'm good at math, four (laughs) in 10 adults had seen a mental health professional at some point in their lives. I would love to double click on what is mental health Mm. because another association, I've, I've seen people define mental health as only depression. Yeah. And they think, oh, I don't have mental health issues. I'm not depressed. So would you mind double-clicking on when we say mental health, what is in that bucket? And maybe you're going to talk about it later. No, that's great. So according to dictionary.com, which I just Googled real quick while you were asking (laughs) me, a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being is the official definition of mental health. But yeah, it absolutely encompasses, it's basically how you're feeling and what's going on in your mind and your body related to how you're feeling. And it's not as much related to your physical experience. Like you could be very sick and still mentally and emotionally doing well. Um, that's, you know, more rare, but it, it, that is possible. Um, and so it has more to do with like the chemicals in your brain and the emotions that you're experiencing and then the physical sensations that go along with those emotions. That's what I would consider mental health. So yeah, depression, anxiety, disorders, Behavior disorders, uh, functional disorders, yeah, all of the above, mm-hmm. and it's vast. I don't know if you've ever heard of the. Oh, we've talked about it once before because I couldn't remember what it was called. The Diagnostic Statistical Manual. It basically has all of the definitions of all the disorders mm-hmm. and all the diseases in it, um, and it's what professionals use. And it, I mean, it's like a f- six-inch tall book. I mean, if you lay it down, it's very large. Yeah. Like there, are a lot of stuff goes under mental health. So that's a great question. Yeah. Thanks for double-clicking on that. Absolutely. Anything for you, Becky. <laughs> 
So according to the Barna Group, the four in 10 adults have seen a mental health professional at some point in their lives. But here's the thing. That same study said that 23% of people said they would never see a counselor. Never. All those counselors out there, it's like, oh, dagger to the heart. Yeah. Well, Ouch. I think they're pretty busy. I think they're okay. They're okay. <laughs> 2020 was good, but good business it's for It's so them. fascinating to me that 23% of people are willing yeah. to say at this point that they will never see a counselor. And mm. the major thing there is still the stigma. It's the stigma of I don't need help or I shouldn't need help or I should be able to get through it. Um, that mental health is not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that really only, you know, if you if you are blessed, a lot of that's a lot of the mindset. Like if you are blessed, you have the things you need that you shouldn't you shouldn't need help. You shouldn't be mentally ill or struggling or experiencing depression or anxiety. But that's just not true. It's just not. Uh, we have a wide variety of reasons why we need therapy, and it's okay to need other people. It's okay to need help. And one of the things we were talking about earlier is that you might be able to figure it out yourself. Might you be fine if you don't go to therapy? Yeah. But do you have time? Can you figure it out yourself without hurting the people around you? Or is it better to just get help from a professional, someone who's gone to school for many years to learn how to help you? It's interesting because I've also heard people say, I don't have time to go to a therapist. Mm. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. And so it goes back to if you say, I know how to fix this myself. I just need to do it. Well, you're obviously too busy to make time for that. So if you're really serious about fixing it, you should be serious enough to be able to schedule in that yeah. time to go and to someone else. And often that's easier in, in some ways because you have it scheduled. You can't yes. just push it off. Mm-hmm. So that's a great point. Uh, among adults who have seen a counselor, 30% say that it came from a doctor's recommendation. And I honestly have not heard a lot about that. I guess I have one or two friends who have said they started therapy because of a doctor's recommendation, but it feels lower to me uh, just in my experience. But uh, 28% say that it was a traumatic experience that sent them to therapy. Loss of a loved one, loss of a job, disease, accident, divorce. And interestingly, men are more likely to say that they went because of a, a doctor recommended it and women are more likely to go because of trauma and I would assume that has to do with our stereotypes of men and women experiencing emotions and for for emotions uh, or for women it's okay to feel things and Mm -hmm. men not so much Um, I, I can't read that into the data but that's what I would assume so one in four adults say they went to one of one in four of the adults that went to counseling in their lifetime, say they've received treatment for a mental illness specifically. And again, that's one of those diagnosable things in the DSM. Mm-hmm. So here's where it gets really interesting to me. The largest contributor to people being willing to go to therapy is relationships. So you are much more likely to go to therapy and to be willing to go to therapy and to set aside the stigma and the obstacles and not having time and not having the motivation if someone in your social circle goes to therapy or has in the past. So the Barna Group says that people are more likely to recommend therapy to friends and family if they've engaged in it themselves. And further, those who report having a good experience with counseling point back to a community that actively participates in it. So if I have a good experience with counseling, it's probably because other people around me encouraged me to go, or some of them were also go, and we can talk about it. I have other friends that see my same counselor and because I've recommended her, 
And we we have a really good time actually talking about like, oh, you know what she said to me today? And because she treats us each, we'll talk about this, but she treats each of us very differently according to what we need. And so like my experience of her is very different than my friend's experience of her. So that it's just really interesting. One of my favorite coaching nuggets someone gave me at work was we're told you should treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm. As a coach, you should treat others how they need to be treated. Yeah. And it sounds like your counselor is really good at that. She really is. Yeah. And that is typically a, a good sign or a sign of a good counselor. But so yeah, the stigma around mental illness, it's rough. It still exists. So you kind of yeah. have to decide, are you going to push through that or are you going to let that define you in terms of whether or not you go to therapy? So if you're not already in therapy, how do you know if you need it? Well, I have three reasons for you or three <laughs> answers for you. One, I mean, we talked about this, but a trauma- traumatic experience. So it can be past or recent. Um, I have some things from my childhood, nothing hugely terrible happened to me, but just some difficult moments that I have had to process in therapy. And it's incredibly helpful to talk it through with someone who was not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not only someone who was not there, but someone who it doesn't really matter. I mean, talking through it with people that were there or people that... Um, you know, care how I feel. Not that my counselor doesn't care how I feel, but it's just different getting the perspective of someone outside of it. And they can help me process through why I felt the way I felt and whether or not that traumatic event is still impacting me now. So that's number one. Number two, you want to grow and change, but you're not sure how. This feels very common to me. I mean, you talked about it even with... um, like I don't have time to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You, you feel like you want to shift things, but you're not really sure where to start. And this is a great way, someone to help you dive into why you do the things that you do and help you address those behaviors and figure out, yeah, how do I change? How do I move forward? We all can fall into patterns. I have, I have some patterns of passivity, I think that we've talked about before. And I mean, even, <laughs> even, our answers to the on the rise thing of, I mean, those are things that we've gotten ourselves into before both of us. I've, I've started skipping the gym because I'm not making time for it before. And that's a pattern. And unless I have outside input or really stop to think about it, it's really hard to get out of that pattern of behavior. Yep. My personality trait is over committing. Yeah. That's a part of my personality profile from work. Yes. (laughs) So it's like, you know, it, yes, it happens. How do you grow from it? Right. And like mm-hmm. you said, I do know that I do that and I know what I need to do differently, but I haven't mm-hmm. always known. And so if you're recognizing a pattern or recognizing something in your life that you're experiencing that you don't like, but you're not 100% sure what to do about it or how to make a plan of action, therapists can be incredibly helpful on that front. I'll add one little piece here. I love I love this. Obviously, we like to grow. It's one of the things we do with our podcast. What I think is cool about therapy is or counseling is the fact that I mean, their job is to give you feedback and they're not going to be biased in that feedback. Oftentimes I hear people say, well, if I want to grow, I should just talk to my friend or, oh, I, my sister's really good at this. They, those people have biases. They might not tell you how it is. They might not be completely honest. So actually paying a professional, that's their job is to look at you, help identify those things. I feel like you get more clear honest. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. Honest feedback. That's really going to help you grow and go further because of that honesty. Definitely. Because they're not concerned about your relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a great point. And then number three, you're feeling stuck in a particular area of your life. So anything in particular, I mean, it kind of goes back to that pattern thing or behavior. Um, But if there's one particular thing that you're just like, man, I just cannot get a handle on this. I cannot stop saying yes to things. I cannot seem to figure out what I want to do with my life. I can't figure out how to say how I feel. Mm -hmm. Whatever that one thing is, we all have something at, at any given moment, we all have something that bothers us about ourselves or is difficult to be ourselves. And so if you're feeling stuck in one thing, you can just go for a few sessions and figure that out. It's a great idea. So those are the reasons why you should start therapy. I, I think everybody should go to therapy in, at some point in their lives. I mean, if I have to suffer, y'all have to suffer. Okay, <laughs> which leads me into if you are in therapy, how do you know that it's working? Well, first of all, number one, you're uncomfortable. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Makes sense. If you're comfortable, then you're not growing. Yes, exactly. You know that you're growing. And now you should not be miserable. You should not be miserable in counseling. Then you probably need to think about, do I need a different therapist? But if you are uncomfortable addressing your own feelings, addressing who you are, working through it, then you're doing it. You're doing the work. You're doing the work. It's hard. It's a struggle. And I hear you. If you're, if you're uncomfortable, I am also uncomfortable. I don't like it, but I keep going back because I want to grow and I want to change. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, or, uh, how do you know it's working? Answer number two, if you're thinking about things in ways that you hadn't thought about them before, I think a new perspective or even new terminology language is one of the things that comes out of therapy for me. I, I will have a way to say something that I've been feeling or say something that I've noticed that I, I didn't have a way to say it before. And that's that's very common if therapy is moving you forward in some way that you're able to express it. And then answer number three, you find yourself saying or thinking, I was just talking about that in therapy. <laughs> That's, I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that from people. Yeah. Which means it's relevant to your life and your processing and it's in, it's, it's integrated. And that means it's working because you're able to take what you're processing in therapy and put it into, into real life. And sometimes, I mean, I say that a lot. I say, oh, I was just talking about that in, in counseling. Um, not everybody says that out loud, which is totally fine if you don't want to talk about it out loud. But I do, you can also find yourself thinking it. It's a good sign that it's working. So let's talk about kind of just talk through the idea of choosing a therapist because man it's intimidating oh yeah I've had four therapists just for the record four of them how many in Indiana three three okay three in Indiana finding the right one yep Mm -hmm. so let's just talk through I had I came up with five things to think about as you're choosing a a therapist the first one is location which doesn't seem like it should make a huge difference but if you have to you have to take time out of your schedule to go to see this person. And if it's inconvenient, you're going to be way more likely to, to reschedule yeah. or to cancel or to decide it's not worth it. So try to pick a location that's either on your way to work or on your way back from work or on your way to the gym or something else that's convenient or at least not inconvenient so that you don't have excuses not to go. Two, insurance. This is an annoying one. Oh, Insurance usually is annoying. It's so <laughs> annoying. Nothing makes me feel less competent than a conversation about medical insurance. This makes me feel so much better about most of my life, <laughs> <laughs> especially having to set up insurance for another tiny human that's yeah. new to the oh, world. Oh, that sounds awful. It was not. I'm 
so but, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so go on. Yes. <laughs> Basically, you need to call and make sure that they take your insurance. And then usually it's best to also call your insurance and say, okay, you take this or you, um, this is in network. What does that mean? I'll actually be paying and clarify because the communication for some reason doesn't seem to go both ways. Like mm-hmm. if they say they take that insurance, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to only be paying your copay or whatever. So yeah. do your homework in there, which is really unfortunate because a lot of times when you're having mental health issues, the last thing you want to do is call your insurance company. Yeah. Be on hold. Wait yeah. for someone. Yes. Feel wildly incompetent because you don't understand how in medical insurance works. Yeah. yeah it's that could be a logistical barrier for sure. It's definitely the worst. Yeah. But work through it. Three. Okay. So this is all, another interesting one is faith and values. A lot of people do tend to choose a therapist or counselor who is in line with their own personal faith. And I do think that's helpful, especially if if faith is important in your life because it does change your perspective. I will say a lot of counselors um, are able to understand if even if they're if you're a Christian and they're not or um, whatever, you know, the case may be, they are able to understand how that could fit into your life. But it does make a difference sometimes if there's something specific that you value. Um, I'd also like to throw in on that one, uh, faith values and uh, specific issues. Different counselors have specialties and different issues. And most counselors that have at least a master's degree are going to be able to talk to you about anything. But they do have specific qualifications often or specific things that they particularly care about and are able to talk you through. So that's something to consider. Uh, four is trial and error. <sighs> Hence the three in Indiana. Yeah. yeah. If you're just like, no, this is not the one for me. This is, this is, it's not just uncomfortable. It's actually miserable or I don't feel like we're making progress. Then yeah, just switch it up. You pay them. They work for you. They are there to help you. If you need to switch it up, switch it up. The, once again, personality trait in me is like, oh, I'd be afraid to hurt their feelings. Yeah. But you're right. This is a paid service. And that's the whole point of them being an unbiased person is that you are not going to hurt their feelings. Yeah. That's good. No matter what you say. So, unless you'd like say that they're ugly or something, but <laughs> something really, really that's targeted. Just really rude. <laughs> <laughs> so trial and error, don't be afraid to switch it up. And then considering the different kinds of therapy, and I'm not going to dive into this specifically because there's just a lot to know, but the basic ones that I have tried are talk therapy, um, oh no, CBT, something behavior, cognitive behavioral mm-hmm. therapy, EMDR, I don't even know, eye movement, something something <laughs> EMDR and uh, I psychiatry <laughs> I don't know so the different things you can read into them often it's good to just start with talk therapy if you have a very specific traumatic event uh, I would recommend starting with EMDR because it, it does target a specific memory um, but you can use it in conjunction with talk therapy and it's used a lot of times for post-traumatic stress disorder and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I would recommend just starting with talk therapy with someone and just... When you, you go to out. a therapist, do you say, this is what I need? Or do... Often, yeah, that's a great okay. question. Often they will specialize in something specific. Okay. So my therapist does both regular talk therapy and also EMDR. Okay. I don't particularly care for EMDR. And so... Yeah, I usually am like, eh, let's not do that. Okay. 
but often, yeah, you can find out what they do on their website or oh, when, you, when you call them. Yep. So those are the five things I would recommend. And then if you haven't gone before, here's what you can expect. You can expect to have an in initial consultation. So your first consultation, you don't usually talk about, like you don't usually dive into your issues. They usually want to know, okay, what's your family like? What was your childhood like? What, what just, just to get background information on you. He'll talk through insurance. He'll talk through how often you want to meet, what your goals are, that kind of thing. But you won't usually dive into like, tell me everything you've ever thought <laughs> until at least session two, sometimes session three. So mm -hmm. you can know that. Um, you can expect every, every therapist to have a slightly different style. I, like I said, I've been to a few different ones. One of them was very maternal and I just could not handle that. I could not, I was <laughs> like, mm -mm, I can't, I cannot. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of them will adjust. Like I said, for my therapist adjusts for her different clients, but they all do have a different style. So you can switch it up. Like I said, and then expect to be uncomfortable. It just, it just is uncomfortable talking about yourself, talking about the ways that you have failed, talking about the ways that other people have failed you talking through how you need to change. It's just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But if you want to change, you kind of got to sit in that. I don't like it, but <laughs> it's true. So that's what to expect. And then, yeah, I just wanted to wrap up with keys to remember when it comes to therapy. So that first key was you are not alone. You are not alone. Good job, Becky. <laughs> You're still listening to me. I am. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Our box breakers are too, I'm hey sure. <laughs> so other keys to remember, you can always switch if it's not working. Don't be afraid to tell your therapist to break up your with your therapist and move on. Don't be afraid. Uh, but I would say with that, before you switch, tell them what's not working for you. Because... I mean, my one example with the one woman who was really paternal, I don't think she would have changed her whole personality. But it's possible I could have said, hey, I need you to not cry when I'm talking. And <laughs> and <laughs> that would have changed. So often they're trying to make a decision based on what they see in you and hear from you of how to behave and how to be helpful. And sometimes they just guess wrong. Um, so you can talk through that and say, hey, actually, I need you. Can you not ask me this specific question? Because that feels really difficult for me to answer or something like that. Um, so you can talk to them before you switch. Three, I mean, we talked about this. It's supposed to be difficult. It is. I'm it sorry. easy, more people would probably do it. That's true. However, you want to get the same result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four, encourage others. So remember that you are part of influencing the stigma of mental illness and people working through their trauma and working through their experiences. So just remember, yeah, if someone around you hears you talking about going to therapy, hears that you are okay with them going to therapy, they're more likely to go. So that's important to remember. And then number five, you can do it. Hey, -oh. we believe in you. Yes. Here it's at, okay. Here at on the rise, the living box free podcast. We endorse you going to counseling. There's the stamp. Yep. There it is. Let us know if you have questions. I'd be happy. I didn't want to dive into like the super nitty gritty. So if you have questions about like, oh, I'm going to, I'm setting up this appointment. What, what do I need to bring? What do I need to say? All those kinds of things. I'm happy to talk about it. You can just message us living box free podcast at, on Instagram. And if you have other questions that I did not address, love to talk about counseling with you. 
all of our box breakers. Yeah. yeah. I asked her if I could lay down while she talks about it. She said yes. <laughs> I did. So you could, you too could lay down while she talks to you about therapy. <laughs> this will not be weird at all. No. It's supposed to be uncomfortable, Ash. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. But for me? Is this supposed to be uncomfortable for me? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for talking about therapy. It's not always an easy thing to talk about, but I feel like it's really important and we want you to have the help that you need to be the best version of you you can possibly be. Yep. Join us next time. Uh, Our next episode in the series is going to be around eating disorders. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm. (laughs) Tasty. (laughs) We'll see how yummy it is. Join us next time. (laughs) Bye, guys.